Hi, and thank you for tuning in. You know, I don't know anybody doesn't have a hard time understanding what leadership is about. It has changed in the 21st century. And because it has changed, you know, there's not a lot of information out there that pulls it all together so that you have the steps you need to be the best leader that you can. Leadership is all about influence. And this podcast is about helping you understand how to influence others and to build the collaborative team that provides you the inclusive, high-performing workplace that you are looking for. Whether this is the first job you've had as a leader, whether you're an individual contributor, or you've been in leadership for 30 years, there is something for you on this particular podcast. It's called Remarkable Leadership Lessons, shared by Denise Cooper and her friends. And if you like, you can always go over to my website and pick up other gems that will help you become a remarkable leader. So today we are going to talk about mediation, negotiation, conflict, deal-making, I don't know. We got a whole lot of stuff going on here. And my guest today is Hesha Abrams, who is a world-renowned. And, you know, I know everybody thinks about it, but this lady's got 30 years experience resolving conflicts and difficult problems. You know, she can be somewhat good at an argument because she has her JD with honors from Florida State University. And... um Florida State University in law, and she has her BA from the University of Florida. So, you know, she's got a few things going on here. She's been invited to speak on negotiations and international symposiums, such as the 2001 International Symposium on Negotiation and Conflict Resolution in The Hague, Netherlands. Her experience spans countries like Taiwan, China, Thailand, Japan, Sweden, the UK, India, Mexico, Israel, and Vietnam. Hi, Hesha. How you doing? So nice to be here, Denise. Oh, I know. Sometimes I wish everybody could see us because it's so much fun. And you're so gorgeous. And everybody should get to see that this woman is so confident, she's gorgeous, and she's got her new book out, or her latest book out, Holding the Calm, The Secrets of Resolving Conflict and Diffusing Tension. This week, as you think back or you think forward or in the last couple of weeks, have you had a tense conversation? Have you tried to figure out what you did or didn't do that just set somebody off and you just could not get them back on the same track with you? Have you thought about what does it take to really be a good negotiator? It's one of the key skills for leaders and people who are um, project managers or have to get work done from other people is you've got to learn how to negotiate well and navigate conflict. So that's the question for today. Asha, can you tell me how did you get into this and what was your most difficult case um, that you've encountered today? Well, let me start out, <clears throat> excuse me, with an introduction something. Spaghetti sauce, or for those of you who like it sweeter, barbecue sauce. You drip it on the counter, mm -hmm. you take a wet sponge, mm -hmm. you wipe it right up. It's no big deal, right? How mm -hmm. many people have left it overnight and the next day you're scraping it off of the spatula? <laughs> How about you leave it for three or four months, like in a bachelor pad and they mm -hmm. don't clean it? How mm -hmm. old and moldy and nasty is it then? Mm -hmm. That, my friends, is conflict. All mm -hmm. conflict, 100% of it starts with tension. Every mm -hmm. single one. And mm -hmm. the tension can be her, or it can be mm-hmm, 
right? That's still tension. Yeah. So why don't we wipe up the barbecue sauce or the spaghetti sauce with a sponge when it's mm-hmm. wet? Mm-hmm. Don't know how, because we're afraid, because we're afraid we'll make it worse, because we're hoping it's going to go away. And I'm here to tell you, friends, it never goes away, ever. It's stored like nuts for the winter. So never, ever, ever. And so I, this is what I do for a living. I mean, I've mm-hmm. mediated the case over the secret recipe of Pepsi-Cola. You know, I've worked for Amazon and Google and Verizon and IBM and NVIDIA and like, you know, and then and millions, millions, I shouldn't say millions, tens of thousands of people mm-hmm. in between. And so you don't settle a case by saying you're wrong. Here, let, let me explain it to you. Let mm-hmm. me Let me tell you where you're wrong. And then you're going to think I'm great and wonderful. So mm-hmm. everyone listening to here, raise your hands if you think that's a great technique. <laughs> and how many times have you used it? You know, exactly. clearly, if you saw my point of view, exactly. you would understand. Clearly. And see what happens to the brain of someone who's receiving that. It's you think I'm stupid. You think I don't know what I'm doing. You're trying to bully me. You're trying to overpower me. You know what? No. And then you get that resistance. Mm -hmm. You can't get anything done that way. Mm -hmm. So how do professionals get this stuff done? And I thought, you know what? I need to put this in a simple, easy, inexpensive little paperback that people can read in two hours. They don't have to get a master's degree. They don't have to take some master class where someone's trying to sign you up for their classes every week. You don't need any of that. This is how it works. You do some of these little simple things your whole world is better. And it's, as we were talking about before, you know, we should be teaching this in elementary school. Yeah. The way you solve problems, diffuse tension and resolve conflict is the way you saw it in your home growing up. And Mm -hmm. again, raise your hand. How many people had that done really well? Tiny, tiny percentage. And so what we do is we try one thing because Mm -hmm. I'm so reasonable. I'm going to try this one thing and it doesn't work. Well, Denise, you're an idiot. You're a Mm -hmm. narcissist. You're a sociopath. You're selfish. Just think of what other labels you can throw. Well, now it's impossible to get anything done because you go, really? I'll raise you on that one, Hesha. And then you (laughs) come after me. I call it the blame, defend, justify, death dance. That is what happens all the time. And there's so many simple things. So instead of being a caveman or a cavewoman and shoving food in your mouth, here's a spoon. Here's a knife. Here's a fork. Here's chopsticks. There are simple, easy things you can do to just glide through life easier. And when the inevitable bump in the road happens, because either it's a real disagreement or it's a real power play or someone's just hangry, you know, hungry and angry, or they're just in a cranky, miserable mood, or they just got a speeding ticket, or they just got fired, or they just fill in the blank. You now have an ability to create a moat around your emotions. And that mm-hmm. mode is called holding the calm. Mm-hmm. And then I'll add one more thing to that. Police officers are trained to never walk into a situation and say, calm down, calm down. Well, I guess the ill-trained ones still do, but think about that. Parents do it, teachers do it. And uh, anyone in a position of power walks into a tense situation and just says, calm down, calm, take a deep breath, calm down. It's like putting gasoline on a fire. It's Mm -hmm. the worst thing you can possibly do. And so the question is why? And that's the neuroscience. 
Mm-hmm. And I know you asked me a different question about how I got started, but I kind of segued right here into the neuroscience. Can I go into that a little bit? Yeah, further? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so this is like, I've read every book I can get my hands on. I've attended every lecture I can get my hands on because I'm in the people business. So I mm-hmm. want to know makes a tick and how to diffuse bombs and how to make things work, right? So every one of us, I don't care who you are, male, female, uh, African-American, white, Latina, rich, poor, it'd make a difference. You've got an amygdala. And the Mm -hmm. amygdala is two tiny kidney-shaped organs at the deep base of the stem. It's sometimes Mm -hmm. called the reptilian brain Mm -hmm. because it's the oldest part of our brain. It's that part that says fight, flight, freeze. That's a stick, a snake, or food. Mm-hmm. You make those decisions in a nanosecond mm-hmm. and a nanosecond is a billionth of a second. Mm-hmm. And maybe you take three nanoseconds. Okay. Three billionths of a second. That's how fast it works. And the amygdala doesn't like being powerless. If it's powerless, it wants to fight, flight, or freeze. That's mm-hmm. just what it does. So if you do something to make the other person feel powerless, all you've done is trigger their amygdala. And their amygdala goes, whoa, back off, Cracker Jack. And scientists have put people in MRI machines after their amygdalas have been triggered. In everybody, it takes about 20 minutes for it to calm down. Mm -hmm. And they call that agitated state a refractory state. Mm -hmm. So why would I be logical with you or give you information or give you facts when you're in a refractory state, which means your amygdala is triggered? Mm -hmm. What I want to do is give you power. That's how I'm going to calm you down. So instead of walking into a room going, calm down, calm down, take a deep breath. It's almost like, who do you think you are to talk to me like that? Don't you right. tell me to take a deep breath? You take a deep breath. And before you know it, you're off to the races and it's done. What you do is you come in and say, wow, you seem very upset. You seem very frustrated. How can I help? Do you see what that does to the amygdala? The amygdala immediately goes, whoa, friend or foe. Okay, friend. Oh, thank God. I needed an ally. Well, I'm not frustrated. I'm angry. Okay. I'm listening to you. I want to hear about it. I want to know what it is. What you're doing is you're giving away power. Mm -hmm. Let me give you another example. You're in a negotiation. You're in a parent-teacher conference. You're in a performance review. You're in anything. And the other side is acting aggressive. Well, what they're saying is, I don't feel like I have power. So I'm going to grab it. If you try to grab back, now you're in power struggle. Nothing good's going to come out of that. You take power by giving power away. And let me give you a subtle example. What radio station do you want to listen to? When should we break for lunch? Where do you want to sit? Is the temperature comfortable for you? What would you like to start with first? What's the most important thing to you? See all of those things? People can listen to this again and write them down, but I also have all of these sentence stems in the book. Right, right. These are things that when you're going to go into a situation, you have those sentence stems ready. Mm -hmm. And that's what you say, because what you're doing is you're giving away power. So you're having the other person literally calm down because they don't have to fight. Mm -hmm. And that's why I called the book Holding the Calm. You don't say to someone, calm down, Denise, what's wrong with you? It's I'll hold the calm with you, Denise. We can hold Mm -hmm. the calm together. Mm -hmm. So now I'm an ally. I'm helping you. There's no power differential. 
let's say I have to do it for myself. And again, I don't want to keep using you, Denise. We're going to go Joe. <laughs> it's Joe okay. I'm the, I'm the hostess, so I get to be the... <laughs> Joe, Joe is a terrible person. He's absolutely horrible to deal with, right? Everyone's got a Joe in their life that they have to deal with, or everyone's got a, you know, Simone that they have to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. So if I want to go over to Joe, I want to be able to have to deal with him. And my amygdala is triggered. Mm-hmm. He just pushes my buttons or threatens me or challenges me. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm making the assumption also that you're physically safe. I'm not going to the extremes here. So assume your physical safety, you know, uh, or emotional abuse are not really a part of this. But sometimes people can be so nasty that it is emotionally abusive. That's what I was going to say, especially when we're talking about workplace bullying and hostile work environment, that kind of thing. People walk around all the time in that fight mode, protective Correct. Uh, mode all the time. Correct. And this is literally what you do. You say to yourself, my amygdala is triggered. I'm holding the calm. I'm holding the calm. I'm holding the calm. That took two seconds. What did it do? It said to my amygdala, you're not powerless. You have choices. You have options. What outcome do you hope to achieve here? So now all of a sudden, just by saying that like a mantra, like a rabbit's foot, I've calmed my own amygdala down. You know, we very easily use labels like uh, bully or Mm -hmm. hostility. Maybe it is a bully or maybe it's someone with a really poor skill set and they don't know how to interact with people. So they've got, there's a a famous behavioralist named Edward Maslow. And Mm -hmm. he said, if all you have is a hammer, all you will see are nails. And so often that is skill set stuff that's mm-hmm. happening. So w- the question is, I want power. How can I make myself safe and effective and accomplished mm-hmm. and valued mm-hmm. by having my own sense of power, mm-hmm. which means in the real live world, you're going to bump into people every single day mm-hmm. that don't respect your boundaries, that have low skill set that are just argumentative, that had a bad day and they're taking it out on you. That's just called real life, right? So the reason I wrote this book is that most of the books out there are all philosophical, kind of win-win problem solving, getting to yes, stuff like that. Those are great philosophical things. And they work a small percentage of the time when the other side also wants it. But what about the 80 or 90% of the time when you don't want it? or you have low skills, or you are a narcissist, or it is a power grab. This is called real life. This is what we really have to deal with. What do I do then? Mm-hmm. And so that's why this is really advanced stuff, but it's also real simple. It's just mm-hmm. like me telling you that advanced algebra requires arithmetic. Yeah, it does. You need to know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. arithmetic. Mm-hmm. And we don't teach this basic stuff. You know, and so that's why I wrote the book. It's 20 tools in 20 chapters. It's a thin little paperback designed to be read in an hour and a half or so. So Mm -hmm. it's filled with stories and anecdotes and sentence stems. And I wrote it easy because I want people to be able to read it and go, I'm going to use that on Joe. Let me try (laughs) it. Yeah. So I I get that. And I think what I've seen is that people are much more, especially in organizations or in family dynamics, they're just much less willing to step into trying to deal with the conflict in and of itself. So the idea of holding the calm to get to something else 
that sounds like step two or three, because the first step is, don't I have to think through what's going on and do I care? You know, it's, I was talking to somebody the other day about the difference between forgiveness and restored, restoring trust. You know, we all say everybody can forgive. So if you have a bad day, I can forgive you. But that doesn't mean that I've restored trust. So if we go back to your spaghetti sauce um, analogy, I might have wiped it up. But, you know, sometimes on a white can on top, there's that red little circle sitting there that just... It how often you go in and out, your eyeball always sees and how big your countertop doesn't matter, but you see that little tiny red circle sitting there. Right. And I think right. that happens a lot because once we j- dub somebody as being a jerk or not being um, kind or not looking out for my welfare, my benefit, that's the first stain in the first prison that I'm going to look at you and evaluate everything else after that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true, which is why. I don't say first figure out what's going on with the other person because you don't have enough information. So again, one more analogy. Someone calls in a bomb in the town square. That Mm -hmm. guy waddles out in his big old fat Michelin suit. He doesn't just start cutting wires. He looks, he listens, he diagnoses what's going on here before he starts cutting wires. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with uh, an ER doctor. Someone walks into the ER clutching their stomach and says, oh, God, doctor, bleh, and then they vomit. Well, all the rest of us look away like, ooh, that's gross. Not the ER doc. She looks at it. Are there pills in there? Does it smell the way it should smell? Does it look the way it should smell? Is there metal in it? It's a diagnostic technique. Mm-hmm. So when you realize people are blowing, crying, yelling, withdrawing, angry, demanding, all of that, mm-hmm. it's just vomiting every bit of it. So if you can say, I'm holding the calm, first of all, it gets your amygdala under control. Right. And now you're diagnosing because you really have no idea. Why did they act the way they acted? What was going on for them? Are they worthy of someone I can trust? Are they a person who's a good person and worthy of trust, but their skill set is that of a third grader? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm getting information. And with mm-hmm. the information, I can choose how I'm going to react and what mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to do. And if mm-hmm. I realize I'm dealing with a third grader, I'm going to handle it that way. If mm-hmm. I'm dealing with someone who's in high school, I can handle it that way. So it's like, what's the emotional maturity of the person? And you know, you have to be able to see that. And I was just having this conversation with somebody uh, on another podcast, and he said, everyone wants to feel important. Right. And I said, you know, I don't really think so. I think everyone wants to feel something. For some people, it's important. For some, it's safe. For some, it's valuable. For some, it's being acknowledged. So what's important is that the interviewer to ask me that, he wanted to feel important. Mm-hmm. So again, we all do it, every one of us, me too. It's that Maslow, again, if all you have is a hammer, all you see are nails thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talk about all this, you know, DEI, diversity, inclusion, all that kind of stuff, which yes, God knows we need it and shove it off to the side because mm-hmm. all African-American women are not the same. Mm-hmm. All Jews are not the same. Mm-hmm. All white men are not the same. Mm-hmm. So that means I've got to be that bomb detector or that ER doctor. And I have to actually see Denise. And the first thing I tell our listeners, if you think, oh, this is too hard or it's too involved oh, for goodness sakes, it's so easy. Let me give you an easy one. Chapter one of my book is speak into the ears that are hearing you. First question, 
are you an introvert or an extrovert? Like Denise, I would think that well, you're an introvert with extrovert tendencies, right? Yep, so yep. It, it's not hard. You can talk to somebody or look at them for a minute and you know if they're an introvert or an extrovert. Totally change. Look at you, vanilla ice cream or chocolate ice cream. Why mm-hmm. would I tell you to eat chocolate? Because I like chocolate and you don't. When right. All I have to do is figure out you like vanilla. This is not hard. And you so, just ask them. Well, and you look at them and you listen to them and you hear it takes a minute or two. Literally, it takes a minute or two. So that's why the first step, though, is to do the moat around your emotions, which is mm-hmm. I'm holding the calm because if I'm reactive and my amygdala is triggered, well, I mean, we're like the blind leading the blind here then, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I got to get myself under control first. Now, how am I going to react to you and see what's going on and what's happening? And so I give one more analogy that's an old technique called paradigm shifting that mm-hmm. is just magnificent. And I want to give everybody two ways to do it easily, easily. So let me give you the more complex, fun one first. There's a guy in the bus and he's got three kids and the kids are running up and down the bus. They whacked some lady's newspaper. They knocked over a guy's cup of coffee. They're being like wild animals. And everyone on that bus is looking at each other and nodding and looking at him, judging him, condemning him, criticizing Mm -hmm. him. What is wrong with you, right? All of a sudden, he looks up and sees all these faces looking at him. And he says, I'm sorry. Their mother just died yesterday. And I guess I don't know what to do. Instant paradigm shift. On that bus now wants to go help him out. So you don't know what is going on in someone else's life. Now I'm going to say, let's ignore the 10% sociopaths, psychopaths. That's less than 10. Let's just say 10% for numbers. That Mm -hmm. means 90% of the people that are horrible for whatever reason have whatever secret pain that you have no idea what Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. So now step two, I have to deal with you. You're a boss, you're a coworker you're a customer and you are hateful. You are nasty. You are rude. You are disrespectful. You don't listen. I feel disrespected and demeaned every time I talk to you. And I really, if I don't dislike you, I think I actually hate you, Mm -hmm. but I got to deal with you Mm because I can't quit. So I got to deal with this. Take a step back. I'm holding the calm. I'm holding the calm. I'm holding the calm. And I look at you and I ask myself one question. Would you pull my kid out of a burning car? Mm-hmm. 90% of the time, the answer to that would be yes. So now I have to look at you, not through that red ring on your counter, which is a good mm-hmm. analogy. Mm-hmm. I have to look at you differently. Mm-hmm. So what's going on with you? I don't really have to know. I can make something up in my head. Your mother was just diagnosed with cancer. Your father was murdered when you were 10. I mean, if you we actually took the time to learn everybody's stories, nobody gets through this life unscathed. No. So I guarantee you there's junk there. Maybe they tell you, maybe they don't. It's not relevant. Mm -hmm. All I have to do is change my paradigm. So I make something up in my head. Now I can look at you differently. Now I can talk to you differently. And I come from a place of power and I'm not threatening to you. So my amygdala calms down, your amygdala calms down. And people will say, Nobody can handle Joe, but well, Denise can handle Joe. I don't know what she's doing, but she can handle it. That's how it works, my friends. Mm-hmm. That's just a couple little tiny things. And I I wrote the book to make it like a cheat sheet, you mm-hmm. know, 
with stories and anecdotes and then look at this one resonates with you. This one resonates with you. Fine. Whatever works best for anybody. And then as you start being more and more effective, people will just say, she just gets stuff done or everyone likes him or, oh, he just knows how to talk to people. They're not going to say, oh, he knows how to hold the calm, but that's, mm-hmm, how, that's mm-hmm. how I'm successful at what I do in my work. When I get people around a table and I get, I've done giant communities ripping themselves apart over issues. You're not going to school them and teach them or educate them or bring them facts or data or information. You're not going to do that. You know, your Trump uncle at your table and your Biden daughter, you know, where's the common ground to find out how they would both pull a kid out of the burning car? That's how we do it. Does it mean that when you're there, you're excluding tough conversations then? No, not at all, which is a nice segue because I have a chapter in the book called Creating Small Winnable Victories. Okay. What happens is we tend to go for the big stuff first. Abortion, right. get your hands off your body. Abortion, baby killer. Ah! There's no discussion in that. That doesn't happen. Right. The way deals get made, the way countries make treaties, the way anything gets resolved is by creating small, winnable victories. Mm-hmm. So it means I don't have to deal with that tough conversation. Not until I've plowed the ground, put the seeds in. And for the ladies and gentlemen who are listening and want to enjoy this, it's a little wine and roses before you jump into the sack. <laughs> okay. It doesn't mean we don't want to do that, but a little wine and roses, please. <laughs> okay. So I, I think in abstract, I'm, I'm following right along. And I do think that what you're saying is good stuff. I just think there's a lot of stuff that people are concerned with. And one of them happens to be everybody's got a camera and what sells is, you know, sensationalism. And, you know, particularly if we're talking about younger people who in the schools where if two people get into a shouting match, even if one is calm, you know, every camera in the school is coming out to go, oh, I got her. And then the next thing you know, you're all over TikTok or Facebook or Thread now or whatever it is. And I think in many ways, um, managers are also a little bit nervous, particularly around because, you know, we're coming up on review time right now. And they may not have told everybody, they may not have even known. And as you say, they're poorly trained on how to give feedback and how to think about it. Okay, so now I'm coming into this. I don't think I'm doing that well in it. And I probably got a whole lot of baggage that I'm toting along on here. How would I start this to, you know, for me, I have to help them construct a conversation that changes the dynamics of of what's happening between the two people. You know, if I were working with you, Hesha, I would be talking about, okay, every clock is right. Even a broke clock is right twice a day. The question is, when can we see when they're right? And what what do you need to do to kind of step back and be in the presence? Because you're not getting away from your boss. You're probably not getting away from that coworker or that, you know, person at the school or somebody who, you know, is just, you know, Thanksgiving dinner, you know, you've got to kind of show up or you feel like you've got to show up in this thing. So how do I start working on me? Because I think, at least from my perspective, it's always about we have to get you to the point where your amygdala is calm 
before you go in, because if you're if your amygdala is hooked and you've been hooked, it is really easy to get triggered. And more importantly, your energy will trigger someone else. So how do you how do I get people to just kind of step back and go, okay, that person's probably having a bad day and to really mean it, not, you know, kind of going through it. And and oh, by the way, I've got to tell them that their performance is bad or they missed a deadline or right. I mean, any number of things. So the first, the first step is you say, I'm holding the comma, holding the comma, holding the comma for yourself. Okay. You have power. I have choices. Mm-hmm. I have tools. I have things that I can do. Mm-hmm. And then when you hit the room, you give the other person power. So how do you think you're doing? How would you evaluate your performance? Mm-hmm. And let's say that, a lot of times, more than half the time, people tend to be very honest. They know what's going on and they'll say things. And then that relieves your attention on how, okay, he understands that it's a problem here. But let's do the advanced course. Let's say they're rosy glasses. Oh, I'm fine. I'm the greatest employee you have. Everything's wonderful. Really? Do you think your coworkers would say that? Do you think your customers would say that? Where do you think that there might be some issues of concern? So see how I'm doing it all with questions. Now, mm-hmm. his amygdala might get triggered. Mm-hmm. I can't control that. All mm-hmm. I can do is try to calm it down. Mm-hmm. And then everyone knows the sandwich technique, which is like a basic thing, but they don't do it right. They make it like a crap sandwich. That's mm-hmm. not what you do. You start out catching them doing it right. And you say something good and valuable. Then you say the hard stuff. And then you don't make it an open face sandwich. You close it with and the good and the valuable stuff. And what happens is we don't do that second last part. So you do all of that. Um, And it depends, again, who you're talking to. So is it, what does that person need? Do they need to be important? Do they need to be valued? Do they need to be safe? Do they need to be acknowledged? It's Mm -hmm. one of those four things. And look Mm -hmm. at it and guess and do one of them. If that doesn't work, then do one of the other ones. Mm -hmm. It's not hard to do as you're talking to them. Mm -hmm. And then that's how that conversation happens. The reason why the conversations go poorly is because the manager has not been trained, hasn't, doesn't know how to hold the calm, hasn't been able to control their own amygdala. And I'm just going to tell you this because I just got to get it out. I got to write it up and I got to put it down and I'm going to, duh. Well, you're just creating hostility and mm-hmm. creating a level of disrespect mm-hmm. because you're not seeing the other person. And what I sometimes hear from people is, well, that takes too long. And I say, really? Well, how long does the fighting and the conflict take when they make a complaint about you to HR or the complaint about this? And then you have to explain yourself or justify yourself. Take an, wine and roses, baby. Think of it as wine and roses. Take a little extra five or 10 minutes. Validate and acknowledge. Because if you can't validate or acknowledge that person at all anyway, well, then they mm-hmm. need to be terminated, right? Mm-hmm. So you already mm-hmm. know that. Now you're just building a case file against them. But If you're keeping them and you're trying to improve behavior, you've got to first validate. Validation is the WD-40 of interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm. It's magic beans. And I'll give another sentence stem that I use that you can do it in a meeting or the Thanksgiving dinner. But let's say you're at a meeting and there's one Joe, poor Joe, we're going to make him the blowhard again. (laughs) Joe won't stop just yapping at the mouth saying stupid stuff. And it's driving you. You're like really going nuts here, right? Mm -hmm. You know how to shut him up instantly? Joe, you know what I admire about you? He doesn't say another sound. He goes deathly silent. 
as well as everyone else in the room. And you can use whatever verb you want. You know what I admire about you? You know what I respect about you? You know what I like about you? Do you know what I appreciate about you? Pick your verb. All of those are easy. And then you say something truthful like your passion, your determination, your work ethic, your seriousness, your frivolity, your uh, you know desire to see all sides of an issue is a good mm-hmm. one to use when someone's hammering on just one point of view. So let's say you do that. He's going to be like a fish with his mouth moving. He didn't know what to say. There is nothing to say after something like that. And so who took the power in that circumstance? And all the people around the table, they're watching you going, you go, you go, girlfriend, you go, boyfriend, look at you. Look what Mm -hmm. you just did. Mm -hmm. Easily, And then you smile and then you move the conversation into something else. Tell you it works at Thanksgiving dinner. It works in meetings. It works at board meetings. It works at the community uh, sports league. Mm-hmm. When we have large groups of people, you're always going to have one or two loud voices that dominate. And they're usually not the smartest voices because yeah. the smartest voices are quiet because they're watching and listening and speaking up later. So it's the and loud. For, yeah. 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 Are the least valuable voices. So, with the, but why are those people doing that? Look at me. I'm beating my chest. They can't see me on the video. But I'm. <laughs> But I can hear it in your voice. (laughs) You know, look at me. I'm important. I'm smart. I'm valuable. I make a contribution. Look at me. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not going to make you scream for acknowledgement. I'm going to look at you. I'm going to acknowledge you. And then I diffuse you. That one, two, three. This is what I teach in the book. And it's easy to do. You just need a little bit of, it's like riding a bicycle. Once you learn how to do it, pshaw. It's going to make your life so much easier, everybody. So much easier. Does it last over time? Because I think, you know, if you, once you kind of know a person and you know that, you know, it's about me or it's about my position, you know, that kind of thing. Because in the end, it is about either autonomy. I believe it's autonomy, safety. You know, do I feel safe with you that I'm honored, valued, those kinds of things? Are you going to intentionally hurt me? You know, those kinds of things. And I think then the last one is about relevance. You know, am I relevant? Can I be, you know, hip and cool and seen as someone who is in the know and has an opinion and is smart or whatever those things? So generally it comes into one of those three packages for me that sometimes it's a combination, but. You know, I, just generally. I would say even go lower than that. Go to the DNA. While mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. value, that's if you actually go deeper to mm-hmm. say every single person needs self worth, and some don't do anything to deserve it or earn it. They still want it. You know, they still want it. Mm-hmm. So it's the it's the value piece, and mm-hmm. so you have these wonderful buckets, and maybe they're right. Maybe they're applicable. Maybe some can figure it out. Maybe they can't. I say, mm-hmm. I don't care. Your accuracy is not important here. Mm-hmm. It's not important at all. It's the, I think you said this earlier, caring about people. I call it your give a darn meter can't be broken. There's so many people, their give a darn meter is broken until they're on the bus and they see the guy whose wife died. Mm-hmm. Now the give a darn meter gets turned on. Mm-hmm. So when you give away power, when you validate when you appreciate, when you see someone, all you're doing is turning on your give a darn meter. And the other person probably has no one in their life that is looking at them, seeing them, caring about them, 
or they wouldn't be acting out the way they're acting out. And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden they turn to you and you look at them with a kind face, even when they don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. And you will find people say, oh, Denise, I'm sorry. That was harsh. I shouldn't have said it that way. They'll backtrack themselves. You don't even have to do anything. Mm -hmm. It's really an amazing thing. And you asked me like, does it last? This is like brushing your teeth. You can get away with not brushing your teeth one day. Mm-hmm. Sure. Two days, eh, it's a little gross. Three days, you're starting to have cavities built. This is an everyday thing of what you do in your life. This is how you move through your life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm on, and anyone listening to me wants to join with me on LinkedIn. Um, I post a lot on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I posted last month was a validation challenge. And I said, let's everybody just for a week validate two random people mm-hmm. every single day for something that they mm-hmm. couldn't have done for you. So this mm-hmm. way it's a real practice in how can I validate? So the waitress, the car wash guy, the clerk at the store, you know, the mailroom guy, I mean, somebody that didn't do something for you. So they mm-hmm. get, validated. it's just you walking along and noticing them and make it, and it's not about their appearance or their clothes. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It has mm-hmm. to be about who think about their soul, who mm-hmm. they are as a person. Mm-hmm. So I, I see you wandering around and go, Denise, you know, I saw you talking to that one over there. I thought you handled that really well. Mm-hmm. Well, what just happened to you? Mm-hmm. Your heart just come and filled your whole chest. Mm-hmm. So I just gave you a dozen roses and I have a chapter in the book called a dozen roses. What did it cost me? Nothing, nothing. And so I practice that. I mean, look at, I'm a normal human being. I get angry. I get hangry. I get cranky. (laughs) Everybody else, you know, but I have a long wick. And when I don't act the way that I have set standards for myself, right. I apologize and I fix it. And then I do sort of a carbon offset. Okay. I just go out into the world and spread some happiness and joy. And it's not Mm -hmm. kindness. Mm -hmm. Some people need kindness, of course, but almost always what people need is to be seen and valued. Mm-hmm. It can take whatever flavor you want. It's important. It's, you know, uh, you had a bunch of buckets that were excellent mm-hmm. and you go deeper, see me, value me. And mm-hmm. so if I literally say, I thought you handled that well. I mean, I will do that in a, I was in Target the other day and I heard some woman disciplining her kid and I just walked by and whispered in her ear and I said, you're such a good parent. You did that really well. She turned and looked at me and beamed. If you just build that into your daily life as much as you can, you're going to get way more than you give because it's practice. Mm -hmm. So for me, I've been practicing this. And so it's real and authentic. I never lie. I never Mm -hmm. suck up, Mm -hmm. patronize. It has to be real. Mm -hmm. But if you look around for opportunities to validate, find 100 a day. They'll show. They'll show. You got it. Well, you know what? I can't believe that we've run out of time. (laughs) (laughs) And looking back over this whole thing, I mean, so many people are, as I said, we're coming up on performance reviews. We're coming up on raises. We're coming up on all those kinds of things like that. And they may not have had the runway of building that relationship back. And so, you know, it may have been tense. It may have been, you know, a supervisor may have been under the gun and just thumb to each of their employees in terms of doing that. 
Is there something that they could do to prepare the runway for the conversation, a tough negotiation conversation around salaries, promotions, you know, even down to something as simple or I won't say simple, but something as useful as, you know, sometimes, you know, if you work all the time, you need to make an appointment at the doctor's office and they want to schedule you during your business hours. And a lot of people can't do business hours and they need to go into that and negotiate. No, we need to move this to as soon as possible and hear the constraints or the boundaries that I have in terms of doing that. So you have several different examples there. So let's say I have to deal with the schedule at the doctor's office mm-hmm. and say, well, I can't do it during business hours and I need to do this. Well, she's going to say, well, that's our policy. And that's the way we do it. You can say her name because mm-hmm. no one treats her well. And mm-hmm. just say, Stephanie, I really need your help. I have a very demanding job and a very demanding boss that won't let me have any time off. And, you know, I'm a little scared about that scan or I'm a little worried about this with the doctor. I've got to find some way to get in as quickly as possible. But within these hours, would you be a sweetheart somehow and help me find a way to do that? Nine times out of 10, all of a sudden, a magic appointment will appear. Okay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if she can't do it, yes, for the office manager. Mm-hmm. And that's how those kinds of things get done. Now let's switch to the uh, review issue. Since you said mm-hmm. they're all doing reviews now. So this episode is very timely to release now. And again, speak into the ears that are hearing you managers, because nothing is a one size fits all. So I'm giving everybody many flavors of ice cream that you can choose from. But I have a whole chapter in the book called Plural Pronouns. It is unbelievable what it does to the brain. It creates a simulated artificial team building. So Mm -hmm. instead of you will do this and I will do that, we will do this. We will consider it we will work toward a solution. What do we think would be best? Just using plural pronouns helps the amygdala calm down Mm -hmm. that way. Now you may have very fiery personalities that go, hey, there is no we here. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay, then that's the wrong technique for that one. Mm -hmm. The we technique will work, I'd say 70% of the time. Pretty good, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. For the people that it doesn't, what do they want? Power. Right. Power. If somebody says to you, there's no we and I'm this and you didn't do that. I on recognition. And need say, to be, they need to be the one. Excellent. Well, given the constraints that you know the company has, look at it. If I could pay you a million dollars a year, you know I would. I think you're fantastic. But given the constraints of what I have and what we have to work with, what else may be of value to you? And here's mm-hmm. just a quick little negotiation tip. You always, there's, and this is beyond the scope of what we're talking about here, but in negotiation training, there's something called integrative versus distributive bargaining. Distributive okay. is one pie. We're carving it up. That's what 99% of the people do and why you get loggerheads with each other. Mm-hmm. Integrative bargaining is making the pie bigger. Mm-hmm. And the way you do that is I find something that is important to you and really matter that much to me. That's an easy give. And so mm-hmm. just to give an example, I did a huge uh, labor management partnership case with a VA medical center in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. This is you know, a long time ago. And the union and the management were at each other's throats. I mean, it was very aggressive. And one of the guys said something about that blankety blanks executives, their parking spots are the first five in the row. And who do they think they are? And they get to park there and we get to the. So it had nothing to do with parking. But I'm listening. I'm a bomb detector. I'm diagnosing. I went, ah power opportunity because management 
really cared about money and hours and the other things that they needed to do. So I went to them and said, how about you get three executive parking spaces in the front and all of the power, and I use the word power, over all the other parking and how it will be done is given to the union. Mm-hmm. They were at first shocked. They won't care about that. It doesn't mean anything to them. And I said, do you trust me? I'm telling you it will. And when I went to the union, they were shocked. It was like giving them a dozen roses. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable because they were able to then make a big deal out of the stupid parking mm-hmm. to their members. Look how good mm-hmm. we are. Look what we can do for you. Look how important we are. And we took two spaces away from them. They're mm-hmm. not any better than us. They're just like us. It diffused everything dramatically. Then we were able to talk money and hours and all the other junk. Right. So I am always looking for that. So if you are the person who looks like they have power, find a way to give some of it away that's not mm-hmm. going to hurt you, that's mm-hmm. not really yours. If you are a person that has no power, take the power by mm-hmm. giving it away to them. Mm-hmm. What do they want to talk about first? How do we want to handle this? When do you want to break for lunch? Let's say you're with your spouse and it's been a lot of fighting and concept with them. When do you want to eat? When do you want to eat? What should we do first? It is amazing how it just, it's like a gunshot wound in the ER. Mm -hmm. There's blood Mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. First, the doctor's got to move the blood and cut the clothing off to figure out what the heck is even going on. Mm -hmm. When you have a hot situation or something is tense, there's blood all over that body. You've got to move it around and figure out what you've got. Then you can come up with solutions. In the columns got 20 clean, beautiful, easily accessible, use right now solutions. And that's why I'm putting this little book out there and, you know, trying to tell people about it. Okay. Where, where can people get a hold of you? So uh, I'm on LinkedIn under Hesha okay. Abrams. Um, and feel free to connect with me. I would love that. And I do lots of postings on LinkedIn. I also have a Holding the Calm Facebook page. I have a holdingthecalm.com webpage that has all my podcasts, one minute videos on tips on specific techniques and things are all there. And you can sign up for an email list that I don't sell or do anything with. I just send out stuff when I think about it. Um, The book's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Walmart, wherever you go. And if you buy it on Amazon, if you would be kind enough to leave me a review, because the search engine gods love that kind of stuff. I know, right? (laughs) It just helps get the word out. So I'd appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to everybody just high tide raising all the ships and we can make our society. Let's take back our society. You know, (laughs) let's take back our society. Let's become calm, you know, and everybody gets what they need. Leadership, remember, is always about taking control, making a decision and and executing against it. Now, how you do that could be by holding the calm. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Ahesha. My pleasure. All right. Bye, guys. Well, as I said before, this is a wrap. Hey, thank you so much for following me. And if you really, really want to make things better and help me get the word out, please go like this wherever you're listening to your podcast. Follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. All of that's in the show notes. And for doing that, go to my website and click on the uh, network and you'll be able to get some free gifts that will help you figure out how to be the best leader that you can be. As I always say, if you like it, share it. If you don't like it, share it, because I guarantee it will definitely help you become the most remarkable leader you can be.